I was on the tube this week because mm. I moved to London, Mark, as yep. you're fully aware. Missed you. And um, I missed you too. And I was, I think I was going from Ealing Broadway Station, Central Line, heading towards Oxford Circus, something like that. Picked up a little Metro paper on the tube, flicking through. And I thought, oh, let's go through the sports section. Got to the rugby league bit, which is, you've got to turn a few pages to get oh, to yeah. that. And um, there was the headline, Flanagan banned for testicle tackle against Toronto. Really? And I thought, wow, surely, please, yeah, oh, yes, that's what I was thinking, yes, yes, yes. I read a little bit further down, grade F attack to the testicles in Saturday's loss to Toronto Wolfpack. And then I was disappointed because, unfortunately, um, it wasn't our very own Mark Flanagan. Um, it was someone who played for Bradford in the championship. George, our George. George, yeah. yeah. You related? No. No. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't on John Wilkin, and Wilkin's ball sack is very much still intact for now. Great. Uh, which is disappointing at the same time. There is still time to change that. Welcome to Out of Your League, episode three. Can you believe we made it to number three, Mark Flanagan? Uh, we've sacked off John Wilkin this week. He's um, busy hanging out with Drake or hanging out of Drake's arse. Probably. One of the two. One yeah. of the two. Um, so we brought in some bigger fish. Look at these two boys, two, might, I might say, Lotharios of the sport. Um, Mark, put your hands together, please, for Dan Sargentson and Zach Hardacre. We've got, yeah. we've got a, a man of steel in the house. Do we, what are we supposed to do, Zach? Are we supposed to bow down or? <laughs> no, Don't no, fuck no. up. Nothing like that, mate. You, once, yeah, once, once you're a man of steel, you're always a man of steel, aren't you? Well, I've always got that title, yeah, which is, which is nice when I get reminded, but you know, I don't think of it too much. Um, don't forget, you can download Out of Your League via Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and you can watch us on YouTube as well. Um, you can also get in touch at Super League on social media. Use the hashtag Out of Your League, and we're here every week, Mark, until after the grand final. Are you two still living together? No, it comes no. to an abrupt end. Did it? Yeah, <laughs> Go yeah. on. Um, no, it was wicked, mate. It was wicked, but Zach's missus come took him off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined it. Yeah, I had to give him back. Oh, <laughs> uh, we actually had a really good time. Yeah. I mean, we got through the whole Harry Potter thing. Did you ever yeah. see that on ITV2? No. ITV2? So every, every week they have an episode of Harry Potter, and it started from right from the beginning. Yeah. And Sarge never watched it, so I said, look, mate, you've got to get into these. They're one of my favourites, you know, Lord of the Rings, anything. And any never, had, like never that. had Hardacre down as a Harry Potter. I, love, I just love film, mate. So he I'm, knew every bit as a, if I could <laughs> understand a bit, right, he'd sit down, notepad, pen, and he'd, he'd sketch it all out for me, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's any bits that he didn't understand, I'd be like, yeah, well, he did this because of this, and then yeah. this might happen later, so I had to go through it with him a little bit, Mental. but you got into it. Yeah, yeah mate, I loved it, loved it. How, so long, how long did this love affair, like, who, you know, who took the bins out, who did the dusting, how did it work? I did everything, you know. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly, though. <laughs> he he did, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, it's my, it's my house. So okay. Obviously, I took the role out. I did a bit of cooking. Yeah, my house. You came in your ass. <laughs> 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 Whoa. <laughs> um, no, I did, I did most things. He'd cook, he'd cook every now and then, and um, pretty special one of them, wouldn't he? All right, yeah. The old pasta one, that's yeah. sausage on. Yeah. 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 For, for no, those who are watching. Tell him it, don't you? I didn't give it justice. So, Zach's missus put an end to this. That's it now. You've got your own set. Don't speak you, anymore. Are you missing him? Yeah, God, yeah. It's not the same. Not yeah, the just, same just me and my dog now. It was, um, <laughs> it was like a nice little love triangle. Now it's just me and my dog. So it's, it's getting a bit weird, actually. Yeah. For, for those uh, listening and not watching um, and trying to work out your accent, yeah. I mean, it sounds... I mean, we can speak sort of Cockney rhyming slang together. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of northern monkeys with us. But you, yeah. you were born in Perth. Yep. But you grew up in Hemel Hempstead, London. Yeah, Hemel. Yeah, just, um, just north of London. But... Um, yeah, 
well, people, people don't really associate me as a Londoner down there, but yeah. up here it's just a lot easier. You, you went to a school called the Laureate Academy, now Cavendish House. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mean, it, oh, it used to be Cavendish, now called the now Laureate called Academy. The Laureate Academy. Yeah. Yeah. My like main it. question, how the hell have you ended up mixing with these commoners? I don't know, mate. I don't know. And I, and I love it, to be fair. Um, <laughs> when, when I was down there, I'd, I'd done a bit with um, rugby union. I played union since I was kind of four. Mm. I only got into league when I was kind of 14. But um, just, I don't know if there's any of them listening, that all the posh boys at Sarries were just awful, mate. Yeah. Were they? All the private school boys. Yeah, I hated them. Right, well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> you, yeah. So, good job we're sat apart today. Um, <laughs> really? So, 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 you played, so, you played England school boys level, didn't you? Uh, union, uh, union. No, no, not quite. Uh, not quite that level. But um, I was in the Saracens Academy and um, looking to push on a bit. But uh, once I'd kind of tried league and played league for a bit, mate, I love. I just love the boys involved. Yeah. And um, but was league was league in the family because of the Perth background and was it was it always there or no no it was not at all no just just like a PE lesson at school uh, and some some guy some geezer from uh, St Ellen's come in and um, said we're doing a different type of rugby today and was all like nah not doing it. Forgot my kit, and he'd come dig our kit, and he'd say, "Now, nah, come on, we'll, we'll give it a go." And we we did it and loved it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I find that you know, I find a lot of the London boys get into league by through school. Yeah. So Louis the same, and I think pushing that you know rugby league in, in junior schools and secondary schools, especially mm. down there, has been massive for the game, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Kieran Dixon went to the same school as me. He was a year above. Um, he obviously made it. There's a couple others that come through. They're just kind of on the fringe and that, but mm. um, yeah, I, I think I think the school's probably the way in. Definitely. So I did a little bit of research on your school. Oh, here we go. Um, no stone unturned here, by the way. Yep. Uh, careful, Zach, I'm coming to you in a bit. Um, so you went to the same school as Harry Winks, the Tottenham midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, Tottenham and England. That's midfielder. annoying, that's annoying. Because um, he stole the title, isn't he? He stole the title as the, well, the best sportsman. Oh, the <laughs> There's no one else. I'm not saying I'm a good sportsman, but I was, um, I was probably You were the man until, for a while. Yeah, until Winksy turned up. And he's was he there? Driver. He's a bit, bit younger than you, isn't he? Was he there when you were there? Yeah, but he was... He was playing kind of six years above football, so he, was, he yeah. might as well have been in my year. So, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He was that good? Even yeah, then? he was decent. Yeah, I mean, I, I never played with him, but uh, some of the boys around, like the years around me played with him and said, yeah, he's pretty yeah. special. Um, uh, slightly more left field, the lead singer of The Damned, a punk rock band from the 70s. <laughs> really? Uh, he went there. And this was the one I love the most, Johnny Phillips, right? Johnny Phillips is an actor, Mark, mm. who played Charles Light Toller, Light Toller, in mm. Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio. Which one was right? it? Right. Uh, and he was the most senior member of the crew to survive. Um, he was apparently upgraded to second officer just before the boat left for Liverpool, and his predecessor had the keys to the binoculars case. So he was supposed to be the one who had the binoculars, oh. not the actor, Mark, the yeah, actual the real guy, real guy yeah. uh, who looked out for the iceberg, but they didn't have the keys, so they couldn't open the case and miss the iceberg. And he was apparently not responsible for that, but was in court afterwards. And he was the, he was the most senior, like I say, member of the crew to survive. Um, he was the one to enforce the women and children first onto the lifeboats. He stayed right to the end, clutched onto a little iron grating next to a boiler. The boiler exploded, blew him to safety, and he was found clinging onto to a lifeboat upside down. No. Oh, I don't know. Wow. There you go. I, I, don't know, I don't know why they don't sell that. Like a selling point for Cavendish. Come to Cavendish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Come> to Cavendish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of spill all this out. <laughs> Um, there you go. They're the That's most good. famous people at school. You like that? I like I that. Like that. Nice. Yeah, I'll tell you. The last one were class. Yeah, wicked, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Decent. I'll Tight probably let them know when I go back. They need, they need that. They need... Are you aware Did of this man, Johnny Phillips? No, 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 no. no. But I, f I feel like I should have like an interactive screen out the front just playing that on the loop. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I've never heard of that. Um, right, let's get stuck into some... There's so much I want to talk to you guys about and we could have done an hour with both of you and the rest of I mean, you said before we could have done about six months with Zach. Yeah, I'll easier. Yeah. A little bit of time to squeeze in. Yeah. Um, Rugby stuff, 
Dan, you're leaving Wigan. Yep. Why are you leaving Wigan? Um, I've absolutely loved it at Wigan, mate. It's been, it's been unbelievable for me. and um, it, was, it was a massive move for me coming up. Uh, I, was, I was so scared to come up and play for probably one of the, one of the best teams in the world, um, arguably, arguably. And uh, no regrets, like won a couple of trophies and been away to NRL comeback. But um, just, just feel like I need a new challenge now, that new lease of life. Um, and, and as well, just, just some of the stuff with, with my little brother, uh, probably got stuck in a bit of a rut. And uh, just, yeah, just really wanted that new kind of lease of life. And um, like I said, just to push myself again and, and, and meet some new people and, do you know what I mean, make some, some new memories. Mm. And so uh, I think there's announcements imminent, I know, but anyone know where you're going? You know where you're going? Uh, no, I'm not sure yet, no. I'm not I sure. Say, it'd be, it'd, 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 it'd be a great signing for any club. Yeah, I'd love to have him. I'd love, love done whole I'd love to play with you, mate. I'd, I'd love to play with you. Yeah. You might go back to London. <laughs> you might know. go home. Back to yeah, Leeds. yeah. Hopefully they stay up. That that could be an option. But uh, no, me and my agent don't talk about it. We, we don't talk rugby. <laughs> but his face. We just hope something Mark, comes describe, up. For those listening and not watching, describe Dan's face at the moment. Is um, he's, he's like, he's he knows what's he's a little bit flustered. A little secret. Right, Zach. Let's come to you. Because I mean, look, we've we've touched on Dan's background there, and. You know, growing up in Perth and then moving to London and so on, you've just you've you've only known sunny old Pontefract. And all, all I can tell you about Pontefract is there's a race course there, and I think Jeffrey Boycott's from there. Yeah, that's it. Well, probably light side I could have done with getting out of there years ago. <laughs> to be fair, but yeah, it's uh, my hometown. So fond memories though, or not? Yeah, look, it's you know everything that's happened in my life, good or bad, it's 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 having an influence on myself and. Um, Sometimes you've got to enjoy the ugly stuff and, and learn from it and you know, that makes you appreciate the good stuff even more. So mm. you know, the good and the bad, it's all it's all the same to me. See these cameras and, and these microphones aren't gonna face you because you've already been to the top. I remember you had a, a show what was it called with Josh Charnley? Oh the Zach and Josh show, yeah. The Zach and Josh show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where you hang around the Trafford Centre, was it? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like basically like a modern day Jeremy Beadle. <laughs> 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 no look, I think looking back, we were just just having a, a, a laugh, really, but we were doing some real stupid stuff. Like, we'd go into KFC uh, drive through and we'd ask for some popcorn chicken. And as the woman turns around to get the chicken, we'd put some masks on and scare her to death. <laughs> she turns back around, just real stupid stuff. But at the time, people loved it. You know, I, I still have kids now asking me, am I going to do another show? So, you know, some, some people did enjoy it. Uh, he's, I mean, I was about to say, is it going to come back? But he's got a couple of kids now, Josh. Yeah, I think he, he's a little he's bit more Into grown fishing, up. I think, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Probably not. So, yeah. I, I could probably still do it, but you know, I think he's a bit more grown up than me. Need so. a partner. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. We'll get it back together. Yeah. Um, look, there's loads I want to get stuck into. I'm going to, I guess, start by saying, look, you've always been the golden child of rugby league. That's how you came onto the stage, but it has come with its con controversies. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, uh, who, who are watching and listening and who aren't familiar with the sport, and we hope there's lots of people come into this podcast who aren't just rugby league rugby league um but you you didn't play for 16 months after news broke that you tested positive for cocaine while playing for cast that was just days before the grand final um you were given a chance to resurrect things at wigan done for drink driving a 20-month ban behind the wheel you also investigated by the police over an assault had a five-match suspension for homophobic abuse um that's putting it all together which doesn't sound great at, yeah. at all and We'll touch on, on on a few of the things, but f firstly, that that cocaine ban. Yeah. When you were when you were playing for Cass, just just take us back to 
so that that week that moment and yeah. and and what happened there and obviously it must have been intense yeah so it was well i'm gonna go back to 2016 so me and my girlfriend she was pregnant um unfortunately she had a miscarriage lost a baby um and it was a year prior to that so 2017 i was playing for Cass, and uh, my mum and stepdad were on holiday and before it's only also only recently i've got to grips with myself i know myself inside and out and i can handle things a lot better so before any bad news, anything that I wasn't comfortable with, I didn't know how to handle it. So, you know, going to the pub, having a few beers, forgetting about it, that's kind of my stress relief. That's what I've always probably done. Um, and at the time, there was me and my girlfriend at home, and it was near enough the year to the day. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do, so I've gone to mate, look, can I go for some, some beers? I need to clear my head. Literally had a few beers, I'd won too many, um, end up having some cocaine that night. Um, Wednesday just woke up like regret but what, what do I do um, so trained as normal and we played Leeds the Friday yeah. and I reckon any other game I'd have not played I'd have come up with an excuse you know my hammy's gone or my head's not right I'd have, I'd have come up with some excuse but because obviously I played for Leeds before it's a big game I didn't want to let the lads down I wanted to try and play my part in the game um, anyway played the game and at half time some testers were knocking about with, with the you know the little logo on. So I was like, oh, what's the, what's the chances of, of someone turning up on this day? Mm. And uh, after the game, as soon as I come off the field, grabbed me. And I probably, I, I knew then that um, you know, I'd probably still have cocaine in my system. But that moment that you saw that drugs tester, your arse must have dropped. Yeah. You must have thought, I've been rumbled like never before. Yeah, 100%. And the only thing I was thinking in the back of my mind is, I might have a fast metabolism, it might have gone out, but I, some, some, something inside I knew, knew I'd, I'd, I'd get done. Um, so I told my missus that night and I, I couldn't sleep for two weeks, three weeks. And after about three weeks, I still didn't hear anything. So no letters through the post or anything like that. So I'm like, I might have got, I don't know how, but I've got away with it here. And then, um, yeah, I had the Man of Steel Awards on the Tuesday. Um, train Wednesday, the day off Thursday, and then... My mum shouted me up. I was still living with my mum. My mum shouted me from downstairs about half past 11 Thursday, saying, oh, Dal Powell's on the phone. So I went downstairs, spoke to him, and he said, oh, he's had an email about, you know, the drug test being positive. Um, so, yeah, just <laughs> my world came crashing down to a abrupt end, really. Um, didn't know what to do, so I just jumped in my car and, and wandered off and sat down by a canal just for about an hour, an hour and a half, just think, well, I can remember looking at the clouds, just thinking, what do I do? I wish I were a cloud right now. Just, you know, take me so far away from here. I just didn't know what to do. Um, rang me mate. I said, look, mate, I said, I'm going to get my passport. Let's go on holiday. Like, this is me trying to cope with it. <laughs> Not very well, obviously. Um, my passport at Mrs. house at the time. So I've gone, Alicia, I need my passport. She's going, why? I said, I'm, I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. She's like, don't be stupid. Wherever you are going, I'm going with you. I said, well, I'm going to go with one of my friends. She went, no chance. So I ended up booking... Um, like a little chalet in Windermere mm. for five days. Went down there, turned my phone off. Obviously, the grand finals played two days later. Mm. Switched my phone on, looked at the result, cast lost, which makes me feel even worse because, you know, hopefully, if I, I'd like to think if I played, we might have been a different result. Um, so the, all the feeling of guilt of I've let the lads down and my family down. Obviously, everyone's talking about it away, but I've, I'm in my own little bubble here. I've switched my phone off and, yeah, we're... So that was, your, that was your feeling, just to run, to run away yeah, from so that, that's, that, Yeah, that's how I've not been great at doing my feelings, whether it's been 
been upset or angry or whatever it is in the past, I've always gone out or done something that I shouldn't supposed to or on the back of me not handling it really well, the pressure, stuff like that. So I've, I've not under pressure whether it's bad or good. Even on a mega high, I've, I've not been great at handling pressure in the past. People who don't understand it, cocaine, and there'll be thousands of people watching, listening, thinking, I just don't understand that world. Um, did, did you... A lot of people who use drugs recreationally, they don't think they have a problem with it and they can control it. And I know you've spoken in the past where you've said, I've had six months without a drink or any drugs and I think I'm doing well. Yep. Did, do you, did you have a problem with it? How often were you using it? What, was, it was it just that one-off thing? Or no, was no, it, it were a total one-off, but it would just, like it never crossed my mind. But then if I'm out and then I'm, I'm with the wrong people or there's like back home and... You might be with the right people. Well, I might be the right people, yeah. yeah and if, it, if it's there, like I, I wouldn't have really... I wouldn't really fought against it, saying, no, 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 don't give me it. You know, if someone's probably said, oh, I'm like, oh, I might have thought about it, you know what I mean? It's, it's something that I've never really thought of until I got done for it. And then I realised, not just for myself, but how, how big it is in, in not just my town, but, you know, around Leeds, in society, yeah. It was it were a question of when I had to sit down and, and speak about it and have I got a problem or whatever. It just came to a bit of a light, whereas... You know, people back home is, right, I've got my phone, I've got my wallet, I've got my car keys, mm. uh, my house keys, sorry, and I've got some cocaine. That There were the five things, you know, people back home check for. So it's like, right, phone, wallet, keys, cocaine. And that, that's that's the reality. Mm. Whether people want to believe that or not, that's exactly how it is. And like you say, you go to a pub, whatever you want to be, and there's always probably someone stood in a cubicle doing, I don't know, but that's the reality that I was under, and I didn't realise it. I was in that kind of spotlight or framework, whatever it was, until I've, I've come away from it and realised, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit out there, it's a bit much that, mm. but I didn't realise until after. And just going back to, to, to when you got banned, obviously the timing for that was just so bad for, for the yeah. club and for yourself. What was the reaction from the players and the club um, on the back of the news? I'm interested to hear what, what Yeah, so, so, obviously the, it was the worst timing possible, two days before grand final, so... Um, you know, Pauli were obviously devastated and really angry. So look, I'll speak to after the grand final. Um, all the lads were, were pretty good, to be fair. Um, obviously, it's Mad Monday, and after after the grand final, I think they're going to Dublin, and they're all trying to text me and get in contact with me about, come on, we want you to come to Dublin. I was like, I can't, I can't come to Dublin and you know get a, get on the on the piss with you or you guys when I've just just done that. But just because you couldn't be seen there. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be. I felt so embarrassed. Yeah. Like, me getting done for cocaine is one thing, but for me, it hurt more letting my team down mm. and, and letting my mates down that I've trained so hard with for a full year. That, to me, hurts more than... So someone can tell me off, or, yeah, you're not doing that, but if, I've, if I felt like I've let someone down and someone who I care for, and the club I cared for, the players I cared for, that hurt me even more. But And those, those conversations, then, that you had to have, um, you know, we'll get onto the drink driving yeah. stuff in, in a minute, but... At the time, uh, I take it that you, you know your mum and family members and so on didn't know that you touched that sort of stuff. So that, yeah, yeah. those sort of conversations, what were they like? Yeah, so I think, um, funny enough, um, at the time, we were like, what, what the hell is this? What you've been doing so far field? Um, and at the time, it was Gordon Ramsay just come out with um, it. Gordon Ramsay with cocaine in in, in his workplace. I saw that. It was yeah, on TV, wasn't it? literally a month later. So my mum, obviously, because the cocaine thing started coming out, started reading about cocaine and, and watching films and, and documentaries about it and it were like Gordon Ramsay went into his restaurant and 
um, tested his plates that serves food on, tested the toilets that um, his staff use. So not these are private staff toilets. Mm -hmm. Tested all them. All got tested positive for cocaine. Uh, and I think my mum started just to realise that it, it's it's out there. It, it's it's mad. Everyone, you know. I think people were saying that they've asked for it sprinkled on the food in Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. And but at the time there were a bit of a few shows, few documentaries about it. And my mum started reading about it and. She obviously didn't want to accept it, but she knew that it wasn't this niche market where I've done something that's so out, so left field. So yeah. she started to understand about it, and you know, started to realise that the culture is a, a lot, lot different to what she thought it was. Mm. And, and Dan, this was before you two knew each other properly. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you would have played against each other and so on. But before you kept, became lovers and lived together, and that beautiful love story started. But what was, but what was that like for you? Do you remember the day when the news came out? And what were you thinking about Zach at that time? Um, I just remember knowing how, how good he was for Cass. And he was by far their best player and just thinking they're never going to win this without him. And straight away just felt so empathetic for, for how Zach would be feeling. As an athlete, I think you dive straight into that. Like I, I suppose as a fan, you, you think immediately uh, we're not going to win the cup and maybe start slating him and get onto social media and uh, start hammering the poor boy. But... Um, as, as, a, as a player, I, I knew you a bit, didn't I, from, yeah. from the England stuff, and uh, we were pals, and I just remember feeling pretty heartbroken about how, how Zach would be feeling, and um, yeah, a bit devastated for him, really. We, we, like the word you said, society, because it, it comes from the fact that your career is going up and up and up, and you're going towards the top, and everything's going right on the pitch and so on, but you're still surrounded by the mates and the people that you grew up with, and it is a problem for society, and so I, those yeah. people are with you all the way. I, I think that's a massive plus of the players um, uh, who play rugby league. We're so down, we're really down to earth, we kind of stay true to our roots. I still hang around with the lads I grew up with, but the fact that it is a societal problem shows that, you know, we can, if you're still hanging around with those same pe people, which is great because you're not getting too big for your boots, but if every one of your mates is doing it, and everywhere you go on a night out, where you, whether you're from Oldham, Ponty, Hemel, wherever you go, and it's still happening, it's so easy to get drawn into those circles and 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 like Zach said like when if your uh, coping mechanism to having stress or pressure put in your life is to, to drink or to do what your mates would do it's so easy to get caught into that and like I said it's it's a societal issue mm. and not just it's not a rugby league or a sports issue it's just what's happening every day in, in the world mm. yeah no, I, I think I think that we, we were talking on the way up when we talked yeah. about how if you don't mind me saying, like, with no, your, no. you went down to your counselling stuff, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And you, um, what's it called again? It's sporting it's like chancing. Chancing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sporting chancing. And, and Zach was just explaining how he, how he deals with things so much more differently. And, and even, like, when he kicks off his missus, tiny little thing like that. Like, he used to be so stubborn, and now he'd just say, sorry, nip it in the bud. And I don't know, I just, I just think you personally deal with things a lot, a lot better now, and obviously that's all in the past. And um, I, I don't think it would hurt... If, if kind of growing up we were kind of educated in how to, to, to deal with these sort of things when they come up because every, everyone goes for adversity in their life mm. um, So you feel that's something you, you guys never had really? I, d I don't think so unless, unless you've kind of uh, grown up in a family where you're kind of taught it I, I don't know I'd, It's only recently it's been it's even saying <clears throat> it's okay to talk and that's only only recent yeah. but say seven years ago if I've got a bit of something going on I'm not going to say to my at the time I'm not going to say to my best mate oh I'm having problems here. Mm. You, you, I just didn't do that. I'd just go to my mate, fancy a few beers. That's how I just escape it kind of thing. That's how yeah. I used to. But obviously now, 
that means I was on about it just before about how we handle things differently, and I'm totally different. Whereas I speak about it now, or I can nip it in the bud, or I don't let things get me down. Why should I let something that's not related to rugby affect me rugby and vice versa? And that's I did, it's like a bit of a workshop I did uh, down there. You write everything down of how you react to certain things and who you've hurt and all this, and you go through it all, and at the end you you screw the book up as mm. if. Right, you've, you've gone through it all now, you've conquered it kind of thing. And I was speaking to Sarge about it and he was saying that he's not to that level yet and I just said, well, it's only because I've gone through all all the rubbish that I've had gone through for the last 10 years mm. that I've, it's enabled me to, to, do, to, to do that now. But so, I, so I was never equipped to do that before. No, that's interesting. And, and this, this is all, in terms of where we are chronologically, this is all pre the driving ban. Yeah. And you were at this stage going back, were you going to a factory in Lincoln and cleaning the floor? Yeah, that's when I was, when I, because I was working when I wasn't playing rugby. Yeah. Um, so yeah. For, it's quite f- a cultured First time, tra- yeah, first time I've ever worked. Um, so yeah, massive culture shot, you know, getting up at half six in the morning, jumping in a van, driving down to Lincoln. Scrubbing. How come Lincoln? It was just, uh, it would, um, a company in Castleford, but we'd go to Lincoln, we'd go to Nottingham, yeah, big warehouses, yeah. Um, And clean, like, big industrial floors and stuff. Mm. And at at start, I was embarrassed. I had a a coat that I'd zip right up to my nose, I'd have a woolly hat on over my eyebrows, could just see my eyes, and I'd pit litter up and everything, and it was so demoralising. Did it feel like community service? Yeah, from where, you know, potentially playing a grand final, you know, Man of Steel nominee, Three months later, I'm cleaning a factory floor. It's just from one end to the spectrum to the other. But it, it's probably helped me, you know, doing that work and realising what I've done to myself and these are the consequences I've got to live with. And it's probably humbled me up a little bit, to be mm. fair. So, so let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to play devil's advocate because I know there still will be a lot of people watching, listening, going... Phew. Talk is cheap. I don't. Yeah. I'm not convinced by this guy. Yeah. So you 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 get your your second chance. Yeah. Your second big chance. Um, at Wigan. Yeah. And just just as you're about to join comes the the drink driving charge. Yeah. Uh, which again, going back to, uh, and this is whether you want to answer those critics or you feel like you've done that already. And this isn't a case of just bringing you in to apologise because we've heard all that before. It's yeah. more getting to know you and yeah, and how that that worked and mistakes happen and so on and I know you're a high profile player and it goes back doesn't it to, to being there are similarities with Danny Cipriani yeah. in terms of having this this God given talent to do what you do yeah. and the microscope is going to be on you more than anyone else but you made another big mistake yeah. and you must have been kicking yourself thinking how have I let myself get into this situation yeah it's a, that was the final straw that's when after that I went to the Sporting Chance rehab clinic after that but it was <sighs> I'm not using that excuse, but I, was, I wasn't playing rugby, so I was just working and then I would enjoy my weekend. I was just in that routine. And it's funny because all my friends on a Monday morning will put a picture on Instagram saying, is it Friday yet? And I used to think, why would you beg for Friday when it's Monday? Mm. Obviously, being a rugby player, we finish at 12 o'clock, you get two or three days, it's, it's easy. But I certainly got into that of, God, it's Monday, can't wait for Friday. Do you know what I mean? Into that kind of rhythm and went to the pub for the week, you know, if football were on a Tuesday night, me and my mates, because I'm in the work work life per se, I'd go for a few pints because people who work nine to five, that's what you that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I was I was into that and I'd just started training with Wigan and I'd gone home. Um 
And Man U were playing Derby. My, my, my friends are Man United fan. I'm a Leeds United fan, so you can imagine the uh, the, the the betting and what we have on. And um, said, look, we'll have a few pints and watch the game. Um, winner has to pay for for the round or whatever. Um, got to extra time, so we had another couple of pints. Went to penalties, so there was a few more. And then we said, right, loser has to do something stupid. I forgot what it was anyway. So I got out of the pub at 12 o'clock and I drove. And I had my golf clubs in the back. And um, he said, come on, we'll get to it. I said, I can't, I'm not leaving my golf clubs there. No chance. I said, be, my car will be gone or window will be smashed and my clubs will be gone. And that's generally how I thought. Mm -hmm. I said, I, you only live two minutes around the corner. I said, I'll just nip you off. And I live another 30 seconds the other way. Mm -hmm. So he said, all right. So I literally jumped in the car and within 30 seconds, a, a cop car come behind me and pulled me up. And it's just like a stupid decision. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't think of the consequences at the time. I was more bothered about my golf clubs <laughs> that cost twelve hundred pounds. Do you know mm. what I mean? And it's sitting here today. I can say what a, what an idiot. But at the time, that's probably I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Why would I leave my golf clubs there? I'd argue to the point of why would I leave my expensive? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this is the different things I'm thinking of now. Whereas before, I was just like I can't leave my golf clubs there. And then yeah, I got I got done for drink driving. Um, got we're in the cells. 14, 15 hours. Um, that, 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 that hurt most, I think. You know, just the white concrete slabs, walls, aluminium toilet. Um, it was freezing. And I was just like, well, I'm, I've gone again here. And I, at this point, I'm thinking, what, what, what is wrong with me? Like, I, I came out, I spoke to my mum about it, and I started crying. I said, there's something wrong with me here. There's, it's not right that I keep getting in trouble for stupid things all the time. Um, so, met Wigan, you know, they gave me the chance to start with and I've just, just screwed up again. And Were you thinking it was completely over then? Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, spoke to Rads and Ian Lennigan um, and, you know, he said, what, what's wrong with you? And I said, look, I said, I'm sitting across the table to you. I don't know. I said, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. I said, I keep getting in trouble. I said, I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, they mentioned the, the, the rehab place. They said, oh, is it an alcohol problem? I said, I don't think I've got an alcohol problem, but alcohol's not far from, from when is I'm getting in trouble. It's when you drink. Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. Um, and, and I can't control some of the decisions. It's just stupid, do you know what I mean? Um, and and that, that's probably a good time to bring in that you, and you talk openly about it now, that you, you do and you have been diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And I, I know you don't want to use that because yeah. it, it, you don't want people to think he's using that as an excuse, but that is a medical... Yeah, diagnosis and, that you've had and a big thing of it is whether you drink on it or not you make impulsive decisions and that's one of the things with ADHD but when I have a drink it just it takes away from all of my I don't know logical thinking yeah logical thinking like I, if I make an impulsive decision when I'm sober or, right, I'll buy that watch it's like I'll buy it and then a week later I'll be like why have I bought that watch mm. whereas if I have a beer and it's like right I'll do that because I've had a beer, the severity of the... It's not buying a watch, it's mm. drink drive or... Was that always <clears> there? <throat> As a kid, were you always that naughty boy? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, me, uh, every time I used to go on holiday, mum used to take a... I used to have an army carton of apple juice because mm. my mum wouldn't let me have fizzy pop. I wouldn't allow smarties or anything. Just because you'd hit the roof? Yeah, yeah, just because I would bounce up off the walls. <laughs> and, uh, I'd love to give you some blue. Let's do it now. <laughs> Let's do it now. We should have spiked him in blue. We kept the beers and the <laughs> fizzy drinks down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a few beers are smart as I've got. You sprint back and forth like that. Yeah. Um, my mum always knew and then I got diagnosed in 2016 but I've, I've, I've never really 
read up about it or I didn't want to use it as a label, but obviously there is something Because you, you wouldn't have known, that's just you, that's just how you've always yeah, been. Yeah, that's, that's why I've always said there's something wrong with me and I, d- mm. I don't know what it is. And not just that, but like, why am I making rash decisions? And then mm. I went to see a psychiatrist and he went through everything and it's like, he was just reading things off a list that like, this, this is what, in the brackets, is ADHD. And I'm like, wow, that's me. And anybody who knows me would have shoved me straight in that label, do you know what I mean? It's... Mm. Uh, so that helped me a little bit to understand myself because I just thought I was a bit, not weird, but like, I don't know. Is God just like prodding me? Is, mm. is someone got a voodoo doll? But that that seems all. like a, a pivotal moment to me, the, the imagery of that, of you being in that cell, knowing that you've messed up again big time. Yeah. Did, did, I mean, how, how dark did it get for you over, over those years? You, you've always had good people around you by the yeah. sounds of it. You've had your mum and your stepdad and your missus and, yeah. and good mates, Dan being one of them. Yeah. But... Were there moments where you just thought, I, I want a way out of this? Yeah, there's sometimes where I was thinking, if, if I quit rugby and just do a nine-to-five job and then get in trouble, will I not get... This is how I'm thinking. So if I get a nine-to-five job, still get in trouble, because that might be all right, mm. but the microscope isn't on me, so no one will care. Like, that's, that would be thinking. Like, I'll still probably be a nuisance somewhere, but because I'm not a rugby league player and I'm not on Sky... Get away with it. That can get away with it, yeah. Because mm. people I know back home do something it's the paper no one's really bothered that's my thinking at the time mm. uh, but obviously it's not, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble to start with in my mind yeah. can I get in trouble and swerve around it yeah so yeah that yeah massive I've had massive highs and massive lows in my, in my life already um, but I'm grateful for all of them because I don't think I'd be how I am today which is totally different and you know the rehab thing really did what was the rehab like then because this was sported chance this was yeah. Peter Kay's um, not that Peter Kay the other Peter Kay that was Peter Kay's charity with Tony, Tony Adams, Adams wasn't yeah. It? yeah so yeah. He, he's been a big help for you Tony as well yeah it was uh, I, I didn't want to do it at all you know going to there it scared me to death even, even the word rehab before I felt embarrassed why was it just uncomfortable about opening yeah. up yeah I didn't want people to think I've been to rehab it's like it's not really a taboo good. thing yeah yeah I think and uh, I went, and I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but I got some out of it, and I, I liked it. You know, we did so like we did horse therapy on Saturday mornings. Horse therapy. Horse therapy. So we had to uh, so horses. Horse whispering. You see, we could we could have had three days on me <laughs> just just me <laughs> on, on this podcast, but yeah, you just um, there were three horses, and um, you know they can detect whether. You're not a nice person, or you're <laughs> nervous, or no. Apparently, honestly, yeah, this is it. So, good sense. Go on, how does that yes. work? Explain yeah. how that works. So, so there were three horses. You, you could just from just seeing them. You know, there were a bit of an old scabby one. There was a bit of a stallion one, and there was one in between. So, I'm like, right, do I go for old one and just, you know, milk it off here, or do I go for the stallion that looks a bit hard to, to get along with? But I thought, right, I'll go for a big one. So I, I did. Anyway. Um, so you've got to feed them, then you've got to walk them round, and then zigzag them in and, in and out of poles, and make them do like a little jump. And um, yeah, have you got them on like a lead? Yeah, on a, on a little lead. And to you've be got a to be flying on the wall at this you stage. With, you, and yeah. t- you and Tony Adams in the field. Tony Adams, to I've got I've got mud up to my knees. <laughs> right, woolly hat on. It's peeing it down. I'm doing all sorry And I'm like, I, I rang my mum after. I said, Mum, I see. Never guess what I've been doing. So I said, all sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, what's my life coming to here? But. I got some out of that, you know, it's um, staying calm, uh, don't get flustered, you know, control your emotions inside, you know, mm. don't let the horse try and read if you're nervous or scared, which I was, I'm terrified of horses. Mm. So 
we did golf, but there's there's everything psychological. It's it's all it's all in balance with yourself. And and you must have been surrounded by people at this stage. You had, had much or much deeper problems than you. Yeah, you yeah, had. yeah. There were there were a foot uh, an an ex semi professional footballer, a footballer used to play, and a, an older bloke who had something to do with football. And some of their problems were much deeper than mine. Mm. Um, but yeah, we all helped. And the the big thing for me was a buckler, and you went through with what you've done, who you've hurt. Um, and thinking about it in your head's one thing, mm. writing it down, and then having to talk about it in front of a group of people, and then obviously I was crying, and it brought up memories, and then I just like text me at night time saying, "Look, I'm I'm really sorry for this in 2013," and mm. she's like, "Oh, all right, thank you." But then it was like I was crossing the T's, dotting the I's, and after we did it, got a booklet, we put it in shredder, and it was like. And it felt start, start fresh a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it felt really, really good. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just felt like a, a new, new lease of life. So before, you wouldn't have been able to have sat here and talk I, I couldn't. I couldn't talk about bad things I've done in the past because yeah. I, I can't handle it. Well, I couldn't. I can now. Mm. And uh, it was great. I, mm. You know, I speak better. I come across a lot better, so people yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I'm really comfortable about talking about anything, uh, help anyone. Um, and this is where Dan came in as well, Dan. I, I don't want it to be just a monologue from Zach, but it's so fascinating what he's been through. But how important has, has Dan been to you? And, oh. and Dan, when, what kind of guy did you meet back then compared to the one you sat next to you now? I know that sounds really cheesy, but... Do you mean the one back when I knew him kind of at England stuff, do you mean? Or when no, you I mean, I mean uh, yeah, when you first moved in together and, and when you were, you know, were playing golf and you spent yeah. a lot of time together. I've Genuinely, not just because he sat here, I've always seen the good in Zach and... I mean, even Steve McCormack done a lot of work with the welfare officer and, and, and he, he saw it as well. Like, I, I like to think I'm a good judge of character and how respectful he was and uh, how much of a laugh we had and how open he was and um, just a top bloke. And, and I knew he had these problems and to know that he, was, he had this sporting chance stuff and, and he was sorting it all out was, was quite refreshing for me. It was just nice to know that he was moving in the right direction. And obviously the Zap we know today is miles different to the old Zap, but... Uh, he's still he's still the bloke I met kind of five years ago. Just um, just a lot more switched on and just just knows himself a lot better. I, I imagine um, sort of sitting there in your house one evening in the in the living room, fires on. There yeah. must have been some pretty deep conversations going on because you you've yeah. been through a shitload of things. Yeah, yeah, we did a bit, didn't we? That's that's the beauty of Sarge. Like I, I said to him after I spent time, I said I love him to bits. We could literally go from golf. Being in tears, laughing for three hours, and we to, talk some shit. At yeah, golf. we do. <laughs> let me just let me just clear <laughs> that. To to watching Harry Potter. Yeah, bear in mind. To going so deep, people would think, "What the hell are them to on about?" Mm. But we can just switch to deep to funny, and mm. we totally get each other. And he, he helped me massively, and uh, I'd love, I'd like to have helped helped him as well. Yeah. Uh, but just talking, we can. Is that kind of guy where you can talk about anything, and mm. I could ring him up tomorrow and say. Hey mate, this is not going well, blah blah. And he'd meet me for a coffee and we'd talk about whatever it is. And it it was great. I think it was a massive part of helping me. Mm. Almost Mass- more than any yeah, massive, you know, group like sporting as great as they are, yeah. would be the fact that it's so natural and organic that you just sit there and yeah. let it flow. I think it's when you're going through something with somebody else, like playing rugby together or training together, they get you as well, they get yeah. your yeah. environment. Yeah. Whereas the guys at sporting chance probably they have their own issues to talk about, but sometimes you need to bounce your ideas off people that know your lifestyle yeah, of course, and yeah. know what's expected of you on a weekend yeah. and yeah i think i think sometimes i think with the whole kind of 
therapy-based thing, which has been about for years and years and years, where you just sit in a room opposite each other mm. and you just talk about what you're going through and you be completely honest. I think 90% of it is just knowing that someone else is kind of feeling the way you're feeling, you're not alone. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, mm. I know it's, I know it's uh, very fit, but, but just, just kind of feeling the kind of pain that Zach would go through as he was telling these kind of stories about being locked up and stuff, the kind of anxiety I'd feel would be like, wow, that's what I feel, but in a different mm. context. Mm. And it, it just brings you together. Do you know what I mean, you, you feel each other and uh, you feel that empathy for each other and it, it's, it, it's very healing. Do, do you think that's because probably both of you in different ways put on a performance almost and put on a front, like everyone does, but probably more so in your, both your cases, that, you know, Zach, with everything that you'd gone through and look, you haven't killed anyone, have you? You know what no. I mean? <laughs> You've been treated perhaps like you have over yeah. the years, but that's what comes with the territory. Um, but you know, Dan, you've been through some brutal times. I cannot imagine what that must have been like for you. You know, you, you lost your brother. Was it two days before you then played in the Super Eights? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the morning after we uh, we beat Saints. So my family was up, and it was it, it was genuinely one of the not the highs of my life, but of your playing career. Like I think it was away a at Saints. Uh, I might be completely wrong. People might tweet in and say it was different. That's how I remember it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, just just waking up the next morning to to like a missed call off my little brother. Um, I'll, I'll probably be the first person to ever cry on a podcast here, but right. <laughs> don't don't feel awkward around it or whatever. But um, yeah, just waking up that next morning and, and getting a call from Norway where he lived and um, just getting that call that we needed to get out there ASAP was just mm. yeah the most heartbreaking thing I've ever been through. And this this was Adam. He was he was only he was twenty three. Yeah, I mean, mate, it's uh, we my, we can't even put that into. A picture of how how that must feel. And I guess well, firstly, getting getting back on the horse again, Dan, and playing was that yeah. the best thing for you? Was that just you felt like you had to do that? To, how, how did you do that? How did you put that to one side? What was happening? I, I, looking back, mate, um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I don't know if I'd recommend it to someone else. I I don't really know if I went back, would I do it any differently? Uh, it was just such a blur, mate. Uh, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't remember much of what was going on. I just remember seeing the boys kind of a couple of days later and just thinking, I'm, I'm not letting these boys down. Like, I'm not pulling out now, so my mouth's going proper dry. If there's anything you, if you don't want to talk about, we'll move on and talk about something else. But I think it's, such a, I think it's no, so important that you, that you spit this out in, yeah, in terms yeah. of people listening and people watching because... Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It will help them. And, and the whole talking about these things, talk about the word taboo before. Yeah. People don't talk about these things. People don't open up and... Yeah. Um, I guess that that would have been a regular thing. You would have been getting tweets and texts. It's the same, isn't it, when anyone dies? But obviously those circumstances were so so tender. Yeah. Um, people would have just said, "I don't know how you feel," and I can't put myself in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And it must have just been it must have been a blur for you the whole. Yeah, it really was. I remember um, I remember the Huddersfield game, and at the time I was really struggling. The, the time I'd get most upset was when I was trying to kind of deal with two emotions at the same time. So if I was really nervous for the game, which I always get, mm. um, I obviously had the sadness of my little brother as well. And balancing them two emotions just mm. sent me in like a whirlwind. It's hard to explain. I don't know if anyone, anyone's ever had that kind of feeling. But uh, Do I describe that? I mean, I, I feel sick trying to understand that. How? It's, it's like I'm looking around the room and I've, I've put in all this pressure. On, I always put pressure on myself just to be like to, to work the hardest out on the field. That's all I want. To, I'm not a great sportsman. I'm just... I just like to work hard and I, I like seeing the effort kind of appreciated by the boys. Mm. I love that feeling. And 
to try and offer that, but at the, at the same time be, be like trying to, I don't know how to explain it, I'm, I'm consciously trying to feel up for the game, but there's something miles bigger in the background, like an elephant in the room, where I, I'm just having to distract myself from that the whole time. And I remember the Huddersfield game, I had to, um, half time I burst out crying, I had to go out and warm up. This was mid-speech. It wasn't, I think uh, Wayne was kind of drilling us for uh, something, and I, and I just wasn't there. I wasn't listening to what he was saying, anything he was saying, I just couldn't, uh, still couldn't get to grips with what had happened. How did he play, by the way? Um, I think I just run like a maniac, mm. um, but probably technically not good. Uh, but my effort was just my effort was there. Yeah, on the field, was that a bit of a release because you can you got to concentrate solely on what's going on? Was yeah. it was it a bit of quite cathartic that you can kind of stop those feelings and stop what's going through your mind for the rest of the day? Yeah, it was. It it, it would be the only kind of eighty minutes where I probably wouldn't. Once I'm out there playing, mm. it was the only eighty minutes of that of that kind of six-month period, or three-month period, sorry, where, where I wouldn't think about him. So it, it was quite refreshing, but then afterwards I just have this avalanche of emotions mm. just come grab me, and uh, after the games would be pretty tough to sleep and stuff, yeah. Did, did they let you make that decision? Did Sean sort of say, look, I, yeah. I, I can't say I don't want you to play, it was down to you? Yeah, yeah, he, Sean, Sean was like amazing with it. Um, like George Williams at the time, um, I, it, it was a weird, it, it sound, I sound like a little baby, but... The day I got back, I didn't want to sleep on my own. I didn't want to sleep in a house on my own. I had that much anxiety and uh, I was that upset. I just didn't want to be in a house on my own. And George, bless him, come slept next door and uh, brought like a little a little wash kit and that. Do you know what I mean? Just just come over for the night. And uh, George was amazing food. But everyone was unbelievable, mate. Everyone was unbelievable. And if I was in a different environment uh, where I was kind of secluded or something, I, I don't know how I'd have got through it. And And, you know, Adam was... A big fan of yours in terms of what you were doing. He used to watch you, didn't he? He was yeah. he was on your journey. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and um, I remember him saying uh, when we won the grand final, just him seeing how happy I was. Uh, him saying it was like the best day of his life just sticks with me forever, really. Yeah. So mm. I'll get a bit choked up. No, no, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, that, mate. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, you obviously have. This is why it's so difficult, isn't it? Because all the memories come flooding back and 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 so on. And um, at at that time. Uh, I know you went on, on obviously from that Super 8 game and you went to play in the grand final mm. and you won the grand final yep. and your gram was in the stands your family yeah, was in the stands yeah. I mean the emotion that day and to actually know that you, your mission was you know I, I'm not saying you weren't doing it for Wigan but you were doing yeah. it for a much yeah, bigger yeah, cause yeah. weren't you just absolute relief I don't know like I don't know imagine being crushed by 10 boulders and just getting out of it alive like that's what it felt like for me like the night before um i was up in the team room crying till about four in the morning mm. and um three four in the morning I, I remember i'd gone through about an hour and a half two hours of it uh cleaners are coming and out look at me like what the hell's wrong with you mm. and i just kind of look at them as if to say get out <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, I was in there for a while and, and usually I could kind of pull through it and then, and then get to bed. But I didn't want to go back to my room where I was sharing with Gilly and, and cry and wake him up, which is what I nearly did the first time. So I went down there. I was down there for about two hours and then I thought, I can't do this. I'm going to have to text Steve McCormack. Uh, he come down with Mark Bitcoin, a few of the other staff. Um, fair play to them, they were amazing, sat with me. Still probably cried for about an hour, just talking life, talking deep. And um, yeah, eventually, mate, I was that exhausted, mm. went back up, fell asleep and... Uh, the next day, the, the nerves just took over, I suppose, from, mm. from my actual emotions and uh, just went out there and t just, again, tried to do my best. 
it's never going to disappear that pain, isn't is it? And I know people listening, watching would have lost people that are really, really close to them. Yeah. How do you describe it then? Does it does it evolve into something that you can cope with, or how is it sort of on a day to day basis? Um, I think I know I know a lot of people say it, but it's it's so true. Um, you, you can't really control how you're going to deal with it. Like, you, you don't know how long it's going to take to kind of accept it. I, I've, I, it's so true that there's so many different phases, and I've only really come to accept it uh, probably the last month or so. Like, I've had a really good month. Like, I, I see people at Sporting Chance. Mm. Uh, Colin Bland's been amazing. Big shout-out to him. Big uh, shout-out, Colin. I did say I'll give him a big shout-out. <laughs> he, he deals a bit with Zach as well, so yeah. I thought we'll definitely get his name on there. Um, he's been wicked. And, yeah, I've, I've been telling them all, I've just had an amazing month. Like, even, even the last kind of three, four months, I've still been at training, um, laughing, joking. But the minute I get home, I'll get out. Um, I'll get home and I'll kind of have, like, an hour crying on my, on my rug with my dog and that, just cuddling him. And, um, but, yeah, like, this last month, I've been going back to London a bit more, seeing my family, and it's really helped me. And, and does, it, um, does it feel... I mean, do you feel angry at what, what happened? I mean, do, how, how do you sort of justify and, and sort of piece it together because it must be so hard to accept as just a oh, yeah. my brother's gone I think once once I stopped feeling sorry for myself I, I'll openly admit I felt sorry for myself um, as, as you should do yeah yeah and and I mean I don't believe in comparison because but I, I would rely on a lot of that to kind of try and get me through it I kind of think oh what, what about in Syria all these all these innocent kids one bomb bang 50 kids gone I try and compare it to that and maybe someone would lose someone, like all their family members at once. And, and I'd really try and, I don't, I don't know why, no one ever taught me to do that, but I thought there must be ways of kind of psychologically talking Because yeah, you think there's this. always something worse that's happening, but yeah. there's some, something bad that happened to you, it's fine. Like, that, yeah. that's okay to feel sad about that. Mm. You, I don't think you, you should have to compare. No, no, so, so I think I was doing it wrong for yeah. a long while. I was, I was trying to make myself feel better and um, I'm not sure really what I've done differently this last month apart from go back and see my family and seeing that they're kind of a bit better week in week out like makes me unbelievably happy mm. um they'll never be completely fine but they're, they're getting a lot better it's like a hollywood script though the fact that you know you put on your and i'm not exaggerating at all i stand by that you know the fact you stick on your super bowl ring <laughs> super bowl ring <laughs> your grand final you know you stick on your grand final ring and you stand there at Old Trafford, and I was there. I mean, I know I, I was probably stood a meter from you after, yeah. on the pitch afterwards, and had no idea of this. I knew, <coughs> the, I knew, I knew the story, but I had no idea of the, the whole story, as it mm, were. Mm. Um, that that moment when you put that on, and then you go and see your mum and your family and your grand, mm. it's uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. Of yeah. How it, because because you, I also think I'm just thinking out loud here, but I'm thinking, had you lost that game, how it's yeah. almost like you had to win that game for your brother. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I hope if I hope if we'd have lost it, um, I'd, I'd have I'd have hopefully felt a bit differently. I, but there, there would have been a lot of that. I mean, if I'd have had a bad game, I I, I don't know. It would have took me a long while to get over that mm. um, because there was only one thing in my mind. I wanted to go out there and and just do my best for him, as I do week in week out now. So mm. uh, it's a massive motivation for me. Um, I love him to bits, miss him to bits, but mm. um, I, I'm doing what he want, would want me to do. Yeah. 100%. Um, and look, I guess, Zach, it's an example, isn't it? And Mark and Dan and everyone. Hi, Mark. Uh, that people do see you on the outside as, not, maybe not so much in rugby league and more so in football and so on, but people do see you guys as just things 
big machines who run around and you know you shouldn't be thinking about all these sorts of things and yeah. you know it, this if, if anything is the, the most fantastic example to people watching that everyone's going to have their struggles and and they can't you can't just be expected to 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 carry on and behave like robots and well, yeah you know, it's like in everyday life if you if your dog's not well you, you ring up work oh i'm a, a cat with someone dog's not well and that's that's fine <laughs> we can't we can't go sorry dog's not well it's like well Take it, so take it to a relative Get then or it. yeah. it's, you've got to be there day in day out put your body through it probably more or less now if you spoke about if something's actually going on in your life they, they, they are good at stuff like that mm. but you are expected to be there most of the time so you know something could be going on but Friday night against St Helens you're expected to give a 10 out of 10 performance and if not you get slated for it and social media plays a big part and someone on a Saturday morning might see you at Morrison's and they let you know, do you know what I mean? But mm. whereas everyone else can just book a day off or, you know, in July, or oh, I'll just have a week off, I'll, I'll go to, I don't know, Spain somewhere, Alicante or whatever. Mm. But, you know, we're human beings. Years, the show has to go on. Yeah, That's we, it. Yeah. And we are so lucky to do what we do. Yeah, we probably, course, we, probably, we all probably dreamed of it as a kid. But yeah. on the flip side, it's a different world to, well, like having like a normal job, I say, because there is pressure and there is expectations to do what you're told when you're told. And there's pressure that we probably put on ourselves and handling those emotions and handling those pressures. We'll probably do the same as other people, but we'll probably set, we've got our standards of behaviours different and we yeah. can't do what other people do and yeah. we have to be better, but it, it, it does come with its perils and its, its obstacles at times. And, and then people that say to you, Zach, and you must see things on social media and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, you're not just because you're... You know, involved in the, the world that you're involved in doesn't mean you're excluded from that. Of course, yeah. you, you must see things where people go, look, he's had, he's had all the chances he deserves. Why, why you probably had more chances than, than yeah. you deserve, they would say. What, yeah. would you, what would you say to that? I don't know, because um, it could, could have gone so differently. Um, you know, if we can said, right, that's your chance gone, then where, where would I have gone from there? Would I, would I got another club? And they could have quite easily ripped up, was it a five-year contract? They could yeah, have ripped that yeah. up, couldn't they? Yeah, of, of course, yeah. Um, so it's like, so say if a scenario we can said that, then what, where do I go? Do, do another club try and take a punt on me? Do, do I swandle around or try and, or do I, do I not be on the head? It's, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know why I, be, I keep getting given chances. I'd, I'd like to think it's because I'm actually a decent lad. It's just, I've just got in, got in trouble a few times, you know what I mean? But, um, and how's your lifestyle now? You don't drink, do you? I've started, I've had a couple of drinks. Couple. Yeah, but I don't go out. Yeah. Um, I've not been to no nightclubs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just in moderation, and it's yeah, it's so different. Sensible yeah. drinking. Yeah, but but those those <laughs> situ those situations, in all seriousness, that that situation is going to come again, where there is going to you know because you're quite right, you're well within your rights to have a couple of drinks. Yeah. You're a 27 year old lad. It's yeah. not as if you should be going down the Tony Adams sobriety route. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is going to come that situation where you're going to be in a nightclub and you're going to be in a situation where people are doing drugs or whatever. Yeah. And and now, I guess for you, it's just a case of, I mean, how, how do you feel about that, that situation that's going to come? Yeah, look, I, I um, you know, if someone offered me that now, I just got, I just have flashbacks of, of what's happened to me. Um, and not necessarily just for me, but my family, my friends and everyone. The thing is with me, um, put me in a cell 14 hours, it'll hurt, but I can, I can handle that. If you do something else bad to me, I can handle that. But my mum can't handle that. My stepdad can't handle that. My family can't handle that. And that's what hurts me even more. If my mum sat down at crying, after the cocaine thing, my mum, 
Um, well, on, on sick from work, she didn't leave the house for three months. Um, she got all depressed. So to see that from my mum hurt me even more. So yeah, you, you took rugby away from me for 16 months. That does hurt, but my mum not leaving the house, not going to the local supermarket because my name's plastered all over the papers for cocaine, that hurts even more. So it, for me, my life now is not just my life. It's I look at the bigger picture. So me punching someone in the face, yeah, that might get a release good for me, but mm. is that going to cause my mum grief? Is that going to cause my family grief? Is that going to cause someone else? I always look at it the bigger picture now, not just myself. So I always think, right, if, if all lads are going to a nightclub at 12 o'clock and it's going to get a bit leery, is that the right decision for me? I, instead of thinking about it at 12 o'clock when I'm in there, boogieing, I'll think about that. Boogieing? Boogieing. <laughs> you saw his shape, you know it's just a boogie. Yeah. It's not um, a body pop. <laughs> I'll think about it at 10 o'clock and say, right, that's not the right call. And I've done that this year already. You know, yeah. the lads have gone out and I've said, no, I'm not going out and stayed at home with my sis which hurt a little bit, but mm. I felt so good the next day. And that, it's happened a few times, to be fair. The boys have gone out for a beer and I've, I've gone out with them a little bit and I've gone home mm. nine o'clock, 10 o'clock and they've all gone out and, you know, I see them next morning, they're all rough and they, they're all eating takeaways and I'm, I'm fine. So and, and I, I do look at the bigger picture now. It's not, I've been probably quite selfish with decisions I've made and, and all the things that I've done in the past, whereas... Now I always think about my girlfriend, my family, uh, my friends. Um, so yeah. And I, and I guess the situation with you is it has to be rugby, rugby, rugby because you're, you're 27 years old. You've achieved so much. You'd won three grand finals before the age of 24. Yeah. Man of Steel, 2015. Yeah. I mean, the world's your oyster in terms of what you can achieve on the rugby field, and and it is not going to last forever. You've got no. another six years of this if you're lucky. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And um, it's you know sometimes I think. It's not, it's not a bad thing, but it's, winning all that at such a young age and a good team was a bit of a downfall because I've been so lucky. Um, I do admit, probably the 2011-2012 season, I was a bit of a, not, well, I always say I was a bit of a passenger in that mm. Leeds team. I wasn't a massive standout, but I wasn't a poor player. I would just did my job. Whereas, you know, it got to 2015 and I felt like I did play a massive part in, mm. in, in winning that treble. And then 2017, when I played at Cass, I felt like I had a really big in, impact and involvement in the team so that's why it hurt me mm. more so um, whereas you know the early stages of my Leeds career I felt like you know the, st the stars that were in that team were unbelievable I just felt like I was there for the journey I did my job so mm. that's why all the things that I did younger I, I don't really think about and it's a bit weird when I you sit down and say you've won this this and this and it's mm. like, all right, do, yeah. do you care if people think you're a wanker <laughs> no seriously I did I used to I used to nah, I don't give monkeys now because, uh, yeah, other people's comments are irrelevant. The people who... But you like to think people will listen to things like this and actually see who you are. Yeah, but I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll get someone that says, yeah, that's really good insight, thank you for telling us, you know, the cocaine thing, that, that really helps, blah, blah, blah. But then I'll get someone who says, yeah, you're a massive knob. So it's, mm. it's, it, it's each to their own. And Do you care if people think you're a wanker? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not really. Not really. Oh, a little bit in that. But it's... Less people think I'm a wanker because less people know who I am, but everyone knows who Zach is. So more people think he might be but a proportionate. Wanker. Though, more yeah. people know you know you're a wanker. I no, but it's it, but it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because because that that is important for you to have that you don't care and that you just do that you, you yourself and you do the yeah. Right well, when I was younger, yourself. you know, I, I used to like the flash cars and drive around fast, and everyone know me, and I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best looking. I wanted to be, and it was well, that's that's the ego that I did have when I, a few years ago. As now. You know, I'm losing my hair. 
Well, I, I, wasn't bring, I wasn't going to bring the hair. I currently don't, get it. No, I currently no, don't no. drive, so you know there's I mean, a lot of things I, I'm not that bothered about I, anymore. I, I, for, for the record, don't think you're rank. I think you're a great lad, and Thank I you. met you today. <laughs> However, I think we could improve you. Yeah. And you know Oliver Gill that was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he said that you are thinking about having a hair transplant. Yeah, I want to pick a bone with him tomorrow at training. Look, there's. This could be our pitch, though. This yeah. could be our pitch. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pitch it out there. So we'll speak, do you want to speak about it first? And then you, we'll pitch. Michael Vaughan, no, no, let's just, let's just make it up. the Daily Mail and a little column on the right. Yeah, well, well yeah. at Wigan, you know, this, my hairline does go back, but not that much, but I've always had long hair. So. You're saying this next to me, though, <laughs> twice as bad as you. Yeah. Maybe this so, is the punishment for all the things you've yeah, done wrong. I know, I think it is. I think all the stress that I've caused myself, you know, my, hair, my hair's come out, and it's a big po- uh, talking point at training. There's... There's me who sat yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. There's Liam Marsh who, who doesn't think he's in there, but he is. Yeah. Um, There's loads of us. There's a few right. Salford lads that are thinking about having like a group trip to Turkey at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, this is what, this is what, this what Sarge is proposing. Whether it's we can get the main man we'll charter a flight. I well, we charter I reckon. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone sees yeah. them more or less finishes near enough the same September, October. Mm. So why don't we get someone who you know someone's listening? The bit I could reel off twenty lads who were. Got bad airline in Super League. Luke Gale moment. needs to go again, I think, doesn't he? Just, he? just a bit more at the front. Yeah. A bit whisper. Drastically bit whisper. better than what yeah. it was. He looked like the Archbishop of Canterbury. Right? <laughs> so I, know, um, I know Josh Griffin, he's going this year. Yeah, he he's went booked. last year. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's booked in for this year, getting it done. But I think there's at least 20 of us. We get a package deal. Turkey, three days. You know, yeah, enjoy yeah, a bit yeah, of sun yeah. as well. Yeah. A bit of sun. Yeah. All about that. I'll join you as well. I'm wearing this cap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me oh, me oh, he's showing up. He's showing up. He's showing up. Oh, I hate it when people do that. When they pull it back oh, yeah. like a millimetre and go, I'm going. I'm like, have you not seen me? I'm like, Mohican. <laughs> Listen, a nice light note to finish on. I, I really appreciate you guys, one, coming in and being so honest because I think it's so important that people have an insight. And, and you know, I know the rugby league fraternity know you a lot more than, than I do and other people do, but I think that... It's so important to show your true colours and the, the way you want to go from here, Zach. So I really appreciate that. And, no and Dan as well for talking about your brother like that because um, I can't imagine what you go through every day. And lots of love, mate. And uh, yeah, great to see that you're, you're killing it and doing what you're doing. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, enjoyed it. Mark, as always, Thanks. great input. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you one there. No, we love you as well, Mark. Don't forget, uh, you can download Out of Your League on Apple Podcasts. I think it's called now, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify, Podbean, various Your local things. podcast provider. Local podcast provider. Uh, you can get in touch with us at Super League. Use the hashtag Out of Your League, and we will see you little buggers soon. <laughs>